was my last gig. If it has happened by now, it's like a miracle. Miracles happen. What happened? Oh. Electricity flicked off all over the world. Cheese! <laughs> Yesterday, Ellie bought you a present. All my troubles seem wow. so far away. Now it looks as though they're here to stay. Oh, I believe in yesterday. When did you write that? I didn't write it. Paul McCartney wrote it. The Beatles. Who? John, Paul, George and Ringo, the Beatles. Stop it. Yesterday. It's one of the greatest songs ever written. Well, it's not Coldplay. It's not Fix You. Do you genuinely not know who the Beatles are? Genuinely. Then I'm in a really, really, really complicated situation. Yesterday, all my troubles seem so far away. Now it seems as though they're here to stay. Oh, I believe in yesterday. Suddenly, I'm half the man I used to be, and there's a shadow hanging over me. Oh, yesterday came suddenly Why she had to go I don't know, she wouldn't say I said something wrong Now I long for yesterday Yesterday Love was such an easy game to play Now I need a place to hide away Oh, I believe in yesterday Why she had to go I don't know, she wouldn't say I said something Love is such an easy game to play And now I need a place to hide away Oh, I believe in yesterday That song yesterday has been covered over 2,200 times, and now it's been covered by our own Pastor Cedric. Way to go, dude. How fun. Okay, enough with this. Those were the good old days. Let's all stand together. This weekend, we're looking at yesterday. 
Did you know that that song was voted the top song of the 20th century? Out of all the songs that were written, somehow that song rings true to people about this longing for yesterday, about something about yesterday. But the reality is this. Yesterday, the truth of it really comes from understanding Hebrews when it says, Jesus Christ, the same Yesterday, today, and forever. Let's say that together. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Let's say one more time. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. You just memorized the verse. So as you're being seated, quote it to somebody next to you. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Well, it was in the 1960s that the Fab Four made the British invasion and changed music forever when they came to America. And when they came here, these guys, you may not realize it, but all four of them grew up in the church. They were all singers in the choir. And even though I'm not sure about where their their life went and their faith, there's something about light and life and love and truth and saying please all the time that shines through. In fact, what I want to open up with is the gospel according to the Beatles. What do you think, huh? So first of all, all you need is love. Amen? So even if you've had a hard day's night and your life feels helter-skelter, and you feel like you're working eight days a week, maybe you feel like the fool on the hill. But even if you feel like a nowhere man, one of all the lonely people traveling the long and winding road, well, if you feel like you want to twist and shout and yell, help, I need somebody, help, not just anybody, well... When I find myself in times of trouble, here's the truth. We can work it out as God whispers words of wisdom. Just imagine what Jesus can do to bring a revolution. Here comes the sun. Well, good day, sunshine. Why? Because of my sweet Lord. I got to get him into my life. So don't be a day tripper. Singing, ooh-blah-dee, ooh-blah-da. No, you can't buy me love, but we can come together with a little help from my friends because our best friend, my sweet Lord, promises us this, that whatever happened yesterday, he wants to give his strength and grace to. Amen? Amen? Let's give God thanks and praise for his love. Well, one of the reasons this song has come back in the forefront, as you saw in the preview, is that there was a movie that just came out by that name. And in this movie, tech team's going to come help me out here, there's a guy who's a singer, and he's traveling down the road on his bicycle after his last concert, because nobody really ever came to hear him, and he was discouraged and frustrated, and as he's traveling down the road on his bicycle, All of a sudden, the electricity goes off in the whole world. For 10 minutes, the whole earth goes black. And when the light comes back on, well, what happened is when it went black, he got hit by a bus, flew off his bicycle. He woke up in the hospital, and he had lost his front teeth. But not only that, all of the world had lost the memory of the Beatles, No songs, no memorabilia, no albums, no pictures. Nobody knew who the Beatles were. 
except him. And because he was a musician, he knew all their songs. He started singing and playing, and all of a sudden became famous because everybody loved these amazing songs, and that's why it's called Yesterday. Well, even though there's a little not complete theology in that song, I believe the understanding of that is going to help free all of us this weekend from something. The first thought I want to bring to us comes from a line of the song that says, Yesterday, all my troubles seem so far away. Anybody ever felt like that? Yesterday was so much better. Well, that's the truth. The first point is wishing for yesterday. It can be so easy for us to wish it used to be like the old days. Oh, why can't things be like they were before? Why can't they be like it was years ago? Why can't church be like it used to be? Why can't life be like it used to be? Why can't America, the world, be like it used to be? Well, let's go back a little bit. 1954, I picked that one since that's the year I was born. Here's what it was like. Stamps were three cents. Gas was 22 cents a gallon. Woo! You could fill up for less than three bucks. Average rent was $85 a month. Who wants to pay that? Yeah, I'll take $85 a month for rent. And then the average home cost a little over $10,000. Wow, pretty amazing, huh? Well, let's go a few more years. 1972, the year I graduated from high school, prices went up a little bit. The stamp was up to 10 cents. Gas was up to 36 cents a gallon. Woo! An average rent was $165 a month, and the average home was just over $30,000. How many would like to go back to those days? You can't even do a down payment with that much. Wow, wouldn't it be great to go back? But let me remind you of something else. Also in 1954, when stamps were only three cents, the average income was only $3,900 a year, which is about what some of you spend at Starbucks in a year. 1972, wages went up a little bit, but they were still under 10000 a year was the average income. So you might want to go back to cheap gas and cheap stamps, but the reality is you didn't make much money then either. Here's what can happen. Because the past is so familiar, because we got comfortable there, it's easy to wish for yesterday. The problem is if we spend all of our time wishing for how it used to be, we miss what God wants to do today. In fact... Paul, not Paul McCartney, but Paul the Apostle, writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 these words. He says about the Israelites, these things happened to them as examples and were written down as warnings for us. Now what's he talking about here? He's saying that certain things happened to the people of Israel that are examples to us. You see, they had been in bondage for hundreds of years in Egypt, in slavery, and God rose up Moses, who came, held out his rod. The people were free. They walked across the Red Sea on dry ground. They came to the wilderness and were preparing for the promised land. But here's something that happened in the wilderness on the way to their promises. We read in Numbers chapter 14 these words of what those people were saying. They said to each other, we should choose a leader and go back to Egypt. What? They're free from slavery, and they want to go back to slavery? Why do they want to go back to the old days? Because it was familiar and was comfortable. Life in the wilderness was pretty good. They were free from slavery. They had manna every morning, enough to eat. But you know what? It just wasn't as good as the old days. And sometimes we can spend all of our time wishing for the old days. In fact, let's imagine this is our yesterday. 
what happened yesterday, what we experienced yesterday. And over there is our future, what God has prepared for us. But there's this road we have to cross to get there. And if we're spending all of our time wishing for yesterday, we'll be stuck here. But as I said earlier, in Hebrews, we read this great truth. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's the only one that doesn't change. Here's our problem. Peter, one of the apostles, was with Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration. And as they were up there worshiping God, it was an amazing moment. And Peter's like, let's just stay here forever. We all have those moments like, let's just stay here. This is it. I want to stay here in this moment the rest of my life. Anybody have moments like that? That is wishing for yesterday. Jesus says, no, don't stay there. Take what you've experienced and move across the road to the future I have for you. In fact, in the words of the wisest man that lived, Solomon, in the book of Ecclesiastes, we read this passage of scripture. It says, don't say, why were things better in the good old days? It isn't wise to ask that kind of question. God's given you some great things in the past. There were some great moments. But if you spend all your time in the past, in yesterday, you won't be able to go forward. In fact, here's the truth related to understanding this point. We can't have a better tomorrow if we're thinking about yesterday. We can't have a better tomorrow if we're thinking about yesterday. Now, again, we can celebrate it, we can thank God for it, we can rejoice in what God's done, but it's not so we can just stay there forever. It's so we can move into the hope and the future God has for us. There's another line in the song yesterday. It says, there's a shadow hanging over me. And that helps us move to the second point, which is moving past yesterday. It's easy for us sometimes to have a shadow hanging over us. Maybe something we did. A sin we committed, a mistake we made, a shortcoming, a regret, something we wish we could take back. Or maybe there was something that happened to you, an abuse, a, a divorce, a bankruptcy, an offense, a struggle. It's really easy for us when we experience a difficult moment to all of a sudden put a stake in the ground and get chained to that stake that keeps us from being able to move forward into God's purposes. Something happens, we make a big mistake. Something happens to us, and we're hurt, and we're angry, and we're frustrated. It's easy for us to put a stake in that moment and not be able to cross the road into our future and be stuck in yesterday. But here's what God calls us to do. Move past yesterday. Now, I've always been fascinated by elephants. I love elephants. I love watching them. And it was my privilege to live in Africa for a while. And while I lived there, one of the things we'd love to do in the evenings at sunset is go down to the waterfront, and all the elephants would be there in herds, interacting with the zebra and the giraffe. It was just beautiful. It was like living in a zoo. It was just a beautiful place. And these things are amazing. They're majestic. You know, the, when they're adults, they get up to 14 tons. Imagine 14 tons of weight. One day... We were driving down the road, and there was a sign on the side of the road that said, beware of elephants, stay in your vehicle and keep to the road. I'm like, oh, that's cool. But then all of a sudden, next thing we see is this bull male elephant rushing toward our car. A little scary. Now, I still like elephants, 
Fortunately, we survived. But here's an interesting thing. One time I was at a circus, and I saw this giant elephant with this small little chain around its one foot. And I looked and thought, how can that one little chain hold this 14-ton elephant and keep this elephant from moving? Because the elephant would move back and forth with the other three legs, but that one leg this chain, it would just stay completely still the whole time. It'd move back and forth, but I know that elephant had enough strength to yank that thing out of the ground and run away, but it didn't do it. And I wondered why, but here's two things about elephants. One, they're not very smart. Two, they have a really good memory. And so here's what happens. When a 300-pound baby elephant is there, brand new baby, they tie this chain around it and stake it in the ground, and the baby elephant does not have enough strength to get away. And they pull, and they pull, and they pull, and they pull, and 10,000 times later in their head is this little thing that says, you can't get away, you're stuck. You can't move. So all they have to do as the elephant grows up and becomes 14 ton is keep that same little thing. And the elephant with its great memory says, oh, I'm stuck. I can't move. And even though it has the power to move forward, it doesn't. And here's the question this weekend. What is the stake that you've stuck in the ground in your yesterday? What is the moment you got stuck in? Again, maybe you blew it. Maybe you made a big mistake. Maybe you failed. Maybe you... You fell short and you trespassed or sinned or you have regrets. Or maybe something happened to you you couldn't help. Maybe a circumstance happened or somebody did or said something. And you've put a stake in the ground and somehow the enemy's attached a lie to that moment. Nothing will ever work for you. Nobody likes you. You'll always be alone. You're going to be left out. You're no good. There's no future for you. I don't know what that lie is the enemy staked in your mind, but whatever yesterday is staked in, here's what God wants to do this weekend. He wants you to set you free to cross the road to get into your future, the hope and future God has for you. Amen? Let's give him thanks and praise. Let's go back to Paul again. Paul the Apostle, not Paul McCartney. Paul is an amazing guy. We think, oh, what a great leader, what a great apostle, what a, what a great missionary, what great books he wrote in the Bible. Anybody ever been encouraged by one of Paul's books? They're amazing, all this truth about Jesus. But there might be something about Paul that you don't necessarily remember. Paul became a missionary, and before that, he went by the name Saul. Um, and there's a story about Paul slash Saul in Acts chapter 7. And I want to share a part of it with you to help you understand this truth. Here's what it says. It says, when the members of the Sanhedrin heard Stephen's sermon, the Sanhedrin were furious and they gnashed their teeth at him. But Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, looked up to heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Look, Stephen said, I see heaven open, and I see Jesus, the Son of Man, standing at the right hand of God. And at this, the Sanhedrin, they cover their ears, and yelling at the top of their voices, they rushed at Stephen and dragged him out of the city and began to stone him. Meanwhile, the witnesses laid their coats at the feet of a young man named Saul slash Paul. And while they were stoning him, Stephen prayed, Lord Jesus... 
receive my spirit. Then Stephen fell on his knees and cried out, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. And when he had said this, he died. He fell asleep. And Saul, Paul, approved of their killing him. I want to think about this for a moment. Here's Stephen, a follower of Jesus, who has a vision of Jesus, who loves Jesus. The same Jesus that a little while later, Paul comes to love and follow as well. Don't you think he ever had moments of saying, what if I wouldn't have killed Stephen? Don't you think he had moments sealed in his memory of watching the life go out of this follower of Jesus because of him? Don't you think he ever had moments of thinking, what would have happened if I didn't kill Stephen? I'm sure that played on his mind from time to time. But that passage of scripture goes on and here's what it says. On that day, a great persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem. And all except the apostles were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. Godly men buried Stephen and mourned deeply for him. But Saul began to destroy the church. Going from house to house, Paul dragged off both men and women and put them in prison. It's just not Stephen whose life he ends. There were many men and women that he made sure had their life ended. I don't know about you, but I think even though I'm forgiven of my sins, there would be moments years later to think, what if? What if I hadn't done that? What if I wouldn't have killed them? Oh God, I can't believe I took their life. Those may be some of the very images from Paul's past that he was thinking about when he wrote Philippians chapter 3. When he wrote these words that says, I forgive what is behind me. I push hard toward what's ahead of me. I push myself forward toward the goal for which God has called me. You see, Paul had a perspective. He knew that they were in the presence of Jesus. But we too can have what ifs. Oh, what if I wouldn't have done that? What if I wouldn't have said that? What if that wouldn't happen? What if I'd only left the house an hour earlier? What if I'd never said that? What if I'd never bought that? What if, there can all these be, always be these regrets that keep us chained to the past. And we spend all this time with the what if, what if, what if. And memories come back to us, again, of either mistakes we made or things done against us. Paul McCartney has a favorite author, author, Charles Dickens. In fact, a lot of articles have been written comparing the two of them together. And one of Charles Dickens' books is called Great Expectations. It's a book about a lady named Miss Havisham who was engaged to be married. They were having a morning wedding with a big wedding breakfast and the cake and all the trimmings. And she's there at the altar in her wedding dress, ready to get married. And at 8.40 that morning, she gets a letter from her fiancé saying, see ya. Not only did he leave her at the altar, he took a lot of her money. He was a swindler, a con man. And so what happened is for the rest of her life, she never cleared that breakfast She never cleared that cake. She never took off her wedding dress. And every clock in the house was set for 8.40 in the morning and never changed. 20 years later, she's still in her dress, still with her cake, still with her clock because of that moment, 8.40, that she staked in the ground on that day 
that she was left at the altar the day she was swindled, the day she was lied to, the day she was hurt. She stuck that stake at 8.40 in the morning. Now, the narrator of this story, Great Expectations, a young man named Pip, who she was trying to protect from experiencing what she experienced, but in the end, he experienced the same thing. And here's why. Biblically, when we get stuck in the past, we can do our best to push people forward, our kids, our friends, our family. But if we're stuck in the past, we actually perpetuate that in those around us if we don't get set free. And here's the good news. Because of what Jesus did on the cross, because Jesus took all of our sins, because Jesus took everything, I don't have to be chained anymore. That cross is the key to unlock this chain so that rather than being stuck in yesterday, I can move across the road. Now look, if the Beatles can cross the road, you can cross the road too, okay? We're going to move into our future. We're going to leave the past behind and move into the future that God has for us, amen? I don't know what street it is you need to cross. Maybe it's Penny Lane and Abbey Road. I don't know. Okay, I can tell who's my age because they laughed at that. Way to go. <laughs> or maybe this weekend here at Cathedral, you're at the corner of Kenoa's Garden and Kirtner Avenue. It's time to cross the road to the other side to the future. I don't know what the name of your street might be, but here's what happens. Your past is here. Don't be chained to it. God wants us to move through that road to our future. And you might be saying, Pastor Wayne, that sounds great, but you don't know. You don't know what I've done. You don't know what happened to me. Sometimes we can look at our yesterdays like this giant book of things recorded. Here's all the things I did wrong. God's got this list up there. Every time I stepped out of line... Every time I blew it, every time I made a mistake. Some of the other things in our history are, again, things people said to us and did to us, things that happened to us that weren't fair, circumstances we had to walk through, things that we feel like, why me? Because nobody else had to deal with this. Sometimes we can carry this giant book of yesterday with us. But here's the good news. God wants us to move past yesterday. And by the power of the cross of Jesus, it is possible. Here's the truth. I am not my past. Amen? Amen. Say that with me. I am not my past. And here's what we're going to do. I don't know what you're dealing with. I don't know what you experienced this morning or this week or 20 years ago. But we're going to give it to Jesus right now. And I'm going to ask you to just reach your hands symbolically toward this book of yesterday as it represents your yesterdays. And we're going to pray. Father, I just ask by the power of your spirit, you would help us to move past yesterday. We know that the payment for sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. We thank you that you are with us. You are for us. You come to set us free from everything in our past. You come to set us free because on the cross you took every sin, every sorrow, every sickness, and we hand them to you, Lord Jesus. Our past is over. It belongs to you. It's no longer ours. And we ask, Lord Jesus, that you would come and remove the guilt, remove the shame, remove the regrets, so that none of us will be staked in yesterday, but we can move forward across that road into the hope and future you have for us. In Jesus' name, 
Amen and amen. Let's give God thanks and praise for his faithfulness. It's gone. It's gone. Here's the good news. In Hebrews chapter 10, we read this powerful verse where Paul says, And their sins and offenses I will remember no longer. Now you're saying, wait, what? You mean like elephants have better, better memories than God? No, it's not like he's got amnesia or Alzheimer's or something. It just says, those issues of your yesterday will no longer affect your relationship with me. Have you ever had an issue with somebody and then you made it right? <sighs> There's a barrier, but then all of a sudden it's gone. In that moment of giving our yesterday to the cross, it's like, okay, that's done. I can move on. In fact, Psalm 103 has this great statement that says to us, as far as the east is from the west, so far has God removed our transgressions from us. That's the truth, that no matter what we've done, as far as the east is from the west, he's removed our transgressions from us. Amen? So here we are, driving down the road, Here's the beauty. You have this beautiful windshield in front of you so you can see what's ahead. You can see if traffic's coming. You can see if there's a pothole. You can see the beauty of California along with some of the mattresses and couches and toilets on the side of the road. But anyway, but the windshield is great because you can see. But to give you perspective, there's this rear view mirror so you can always see what's coming up behind you and you can see your past, but keep it in perspective. If you keep your eye glued to the rearview mirror, you're going to rear end somebody. I won't ask for a raise of hands for that one. Your past is for perspective. But if your eyes are always on the past and that's all you're looking at, you're going to miss, oh no, there's a pothole. Oh no, traffic stopping. Oh, look at that beautiful palm tree. You're going to miss the beauty of what God has ahead of you if your eyes are always on yesterday. That's why here's the truth. Yesterday ended last night. Amen? Amen. Yesterday ended last night. Leave the past in the past, moving forward to what lies ahead. God wants to help you cross the road from your yesterday into your future because he has great things prepared for you. Now, there's a city in America that's taken a phrase as its advertisement, but it's not true. What stays in Vegas, what happens in Vegas does not stay in Vegas. You take it with you. But here's the truth. What happened in yesterday stays in yesterday thanks to the cross of Jesus. Because of what Jesus did, you can leave all those things in yesterday. Because the book of the future is bigger. It's better. There's so many things God has prepared for you that he wants to work in your life. He has a hope and a future for you. And if we're wishing for the past, if we're stuck in the past because of what we did or what was done to us, we won't be able to enjoy the fullness of all God has for us today. Amen? 1954 was a great year. 1972 was a great year. 2018 was a great year. But we're in 2019. And God says, I want to do a new thing. I want to do a new thing in you. 
And that's why we come to the third point, which is this, choosing to say yes today. Choosing to say yes today. We just did that by praying about our yesterdays. We chose yesterday, but here's the problem. Stuff's going to happen today. Stuff's going to happen tomorrow. I know we all long for heaven, where there's no more sickness, no more death, no more sorrow, no more offense, no more pain, no more sin. But this ain't heaven. And every day, we have to choose to say yes today. That's why the Apostle Paul says in 2 Corinthians these words, Now... Now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. Today is the day we have to choose to say yes today, yes today to what God has for us. Paul also says in Romans chapter 13 these words, knowing the season that it is now the hour for us. For now our salvation is nearer than when we believed. Here's what God desires for us, to walk in that daily place of saying Yes, today, rather than yesterday. There was a moment when the children of Israel held their future in their hands today. And here's what their leader challenged them with, and here's what I challenge you with. Joshua chapter 24, we read, Choose this day whom you will serve. Choose this day whom you will serve. Whatever you serve is what's in the center of your life. If you serve Jesus, then he's in the center of your life. If you serve yesterday, yesterday's in the center of your life. What's in the center? What is it your life is centering around? Choose this day. Say yes today to serving Jesus. There's a young lady who's been part of our church for many years, Erica, who's walked through a difficult time in the past year. She's going to share her story with us. Let's watch the screens and hear from the Lord as she does. My name is Erica, and I have been coming to Cathedral of Faith for over a decade. I also brought my children, Frankie and Monique. Uh, being a single mom has always been important to teach my kids the way of the Lord as I have also been serving God since I was 11 years old. Uh, being involved with the church has been important. Uh, brought my kids here, Wednesday service, student recovery. My kids have been plugged in also with the youth ministries here. They've gone to church as well. Frankie was my first child and uh, I had him at 70 years old. I, I loved him before I even met him. It's always a special gift to me. September the 2nd at 1.30 in the morning was, was a hard moment when Sky called and said that something happened to Frankie and she was uh, crying and screaming over the phone. I got up instantly and I got into the car right away and drove from Gilroy. I was talking to my daughter on the phone and she said, uh, Mom, you don't need to worry. God's got you. 
God, God has you. You're, you're, you do so much for the Lord. You give your tithes, your first offerings. You, you taught us that. You help so many people. He's got you. And I believe that. You know, like, this couldn't happen to me. I'm untouchable. I, God's on my side. You, my first child wouldn't be taken. And it happened. Five hours later, we were informed that Frankie didn't make it. And I remember crying and asking why, 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 why me? I was so upset with God. My, my husband had to deal with me. I kicked the refrigerator. I punched the window. I was like, why? And, you know, I remember telling God, yelling at him and saying, you don't deserve me. December. 2018 was a hard, hard month to want to move past. I don't want to let go of Frankie in 2018 because that was the last year he was, he was alive. And leaving 2018 means I, I'm leaving him behind. Yesterday, all my troubles seem so far away. James and I started a, a grief class a little bit, a session that we watched on TV and we learned. It's a, it's not moving on. It's, it's about moving forward and bringing your loved one with you. And that's when the light bulb came on. I didn't have to uh, leave Frankie behind. I didn't have to leave him in 2018. I was going to bring him forward in life with me. And so this is where we picked up and we started in 2019 with Frankie and the boys and serving God again. We uh, started the Frankie Santos Foundation to help children who suffer from the loss of a parent uh, to go moving forward with a positive activity in life. We want to secure our, our youth with education because if we don't educate them and, and make them confidence in themselves, it can lead them down another wrong road. Anything to keep them off of the street and, and go down a positive path. They're our future. My husband and God have been very important in this journey. Without James, I don't think I could have done this. And God's been important. Coming back to him in January has been important. I met people that I would have never, I walked past. I probably have walked past people thousand times and didn't even meet them and today we've formed a bond uh, we put on a conference uh, to help others uh, we support each other we're there to help others as well and and let them know that they're not alone sometimes you know we wonder where's our child what's going on where are they but I know Frankie's okay and I know that he's up there walking around looking down and I, and I hope He's just as happy with me as, as he was if he was here today. Still not easy. Every Sunday at 10 o'clock, Frankie and Sky and the boys would sit right up there on the balcony for years, making sure their kids loved God just like their mother had taught them. 
Erica struggled. She's like, God, I did everything right. I tithed all my life as a single mom. I gave. I brought them to church. Even though I was the only one raising them, I did everything for them to serve Jesus. How does this happen? It'd be so easy to get stuck in a moment like that, to stake the ground on September 2nd, 2018. It was a difficult time. But God kept working in her, speaking to her. It's still not hard. Tomorrow's the anniversary, the one-year anniversary of his death. She has a great church family. She's part of our Gilroy campus. Pastor Kent has walked closely with her, and she's really been blessed down there and continues to be a blessing herself, helping all kinds of families, speaking to moms who've lost children through suicide and homicide and traffic fatalities. She didn't want to get stuck in yesterday. And here's the truth for all of us. It's so easy to get stuck. Why, God? Why did this happen? Why did you let me do this? Why did you let that happen to me? But here's the word of the Lord this weekend. Don't waste your yesterday. You can fester, sit there, compare, be frustrated. Or you can allow God to work that in you to give something powerful. We're going to look at that scripture that was at the end of the video, 2 Corinthians chapter 1. I want us to read it together. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. The way to cross the road into your future is to give those yesterdays to Jesus. Let, receive his comfort, receive his strength. And here's a powerful takeaway from that. Our greatest sorrows, our greatest sorrows may really give way to the greatest work of God we have ever known. Will unfair things happen? Yes. Will we make mistakes? Yes. But we choose to say yes today to what Jesus has done so that we can move into the hope and the future. Amen? Let's give God thanks and praise for his faithfulness. Lord Jesus, you know every person here in this room and in the sound of my voice, watching online, watching around campus, watching this weeks from now online. You know our yesterdays. You know our sorrows. You know our regrets. You know our pain. But we thank you that because of your son, Jesus, you want to set us free. Free from yesterday to move into the hope and the future you have for us. Lord, I pray you'd strengthen each one of us. Help us to see from your perspective. Help us to get that chain removed. Help us to cross the road into all you have for us. We may not be responsible for the circumstances that we're in, but we are responsible for the way we allow them to affect us. They can get on top of us. 
They can freeze us in a time or they can make us what you want us to be. Make us to be like you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus.